0: Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. My brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, we focus our attention again back on that brief section of Isaiah. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you Ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. The Word. If you believe everything that you see in the Christmas movies or on the Christmas cards or hear in the Christmas songs, Christmas morning is simply the very best day of the year for everyone. In fact, you'll hear it often said in those contexts, why can't every day be more like Christmas Day? People make supposedly make more effort to get along on Christmas, even siblings, young or old. Everyone is more accommodating, more patient, more generous, more of everything that is good and right because of Well, because of the spirit of Christmas, whatever that might be defined by those who are trying to convince us that this is what Christmas really is like. They also paint the very, very worst possible two scenarios for human beings to experience on Christmas Day. To actually have to work. And the second, just as equally oppressive to have to spend Christmas Day alone. Simply a date on the calendar doesn't fix anything, even for a day. Something more than just good wishes and happy tidings are required in order to move the needle. Don't get me wrong, I am all for every and any expression of patience or goodwill or forgiveness and love that will make anybody's day today any better. All of that is good. Just the tiniest bit more tolerable for anyone is a better thing, no doubt about it. But there really isn't anything any human being can do. There is nothing within our power on any holiday that can make that day as important as what the Creator God does for us on Christmas. Isaiah proclaims it here, how beautiful and important it is for someone to stand in our lives and proclaim the salvation of our God. Every human soul needs to hear and know that our God reigns. Our God reigns. He is in complete control of our now, of our tomorrow, and of our eternity. And Isaiah reminds us that we are at peace with him, even among the ruins. Did you catch that little phrase? Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. When you're standing among the ruins, whatever those ruins may be career ruins, marriage and relationship ruins, community ruins at the hands of a storm or a conflict, spiritual ruins, material ruins. Whatever those ruins might be, is your inclination to burst into song, songs of joy, even among the ruins? Might not be your first inclination at all, unless maybe you remember Christmas Day. Christmas Eve, the Christmas reality that the scriptures place in front of you, that isn't just some human sentiment, isn't just some hope, something to hang the next day or the next month or the next year on, that perhaps it will be better than what we've most recently experienced, or better than we've ever experienced before in our lives. No, The good news, the tidings, they're all about peace. They're all about salvation. There's a reason why Isaiah calls upon those who know this message, who have been moved and changed, heartened and encouraged, and made certain in God's reigning, His loving and forgiving and His promising to find a high place to stand, to go up into the mountains. Not so that you could be alone, not so that you could be distant from all of those who are annoying you and making your life difficult, but so that they might see you and hear you, hear you proclaim the peace, the salvation that you know, because your God reigns. Isn't a distant, faraway God that you never see and never hear from and have no idea who he really is, what he really thinks, what he really can do? Not at all. Isaiah tells you just the opposite. He's going to return to Zion. And every believer who makes up Zion will see him with their own eyes. Understand what he's saying. There's a movement back and forth in verses like this between Jerusalem being the physical place that in that moment in Isaiah's history was literally in ruins at the behest of a foreign army that had not left one stone upon another and Zion and Jerusalem being the name the Scriptures use for the collective collective believers who understand and trust This God who is their salvation, who isn't just going to become, but is their salvation, embodying their salvation. We know that to be fulfilled in the descriptive words that we read in our gospel lesson. The powerful Word of God that that worked the creation of our universe, that has always been with God, a part of God, God Himself first came in flesh through a virgin and the work of the Holy Spirit. He still wears that flesh now, fully glorified in all honor and power on the throne of heaven. And he's going to return again in that same flesh. And every eye will see him. But the believers who know this to be joy and peace and salvation. They will understand it in a completely different way. They won't cower in fear, asking the hills and the the mountains to cover them. They will lift up their heads with joy, because their redemption has finally arrived. Here, the prophet invites you, on the basis of the news of the fact that our God not only reigns, but reigns as one of us, that any given moment of our lives, when we stand amongst whatever ruins they might be, we can immediately place ourselves in that moment when God is returning and making everything right, permanently so. Fulfilling us. All those empty, uncertain, jagged edges of what we are that we don't know how to put together in a way that truly makes sense. We want to make sense for the people around us. We want to make sense for ourselves. Because we're led by the world in which we live to believe that's the only way to truly find peace of mind, to know ourselves, to know our world, and to put all those pieces together in a way that all the gears mesh. Well, good luck with that. Because the Scriptures tell us a very different reality about the human experience. That we will only find all of that that our hearts are searching for when we come to terms with the fact that we have a perfect, holy, powerful God who reigns. And He can and will fix everything. Notice how he uses the past tense. To close out these verses. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Wait a minute, Isaiah. That's not going to happen for hundreds of years yet through the conception in the womb of a virgin and the birth in a place so out of the ordinary for birth to take place. Hundreds of years yet, Isaiah, before that one who will be called all those wonderful names, Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, will arrive in this world and be celebrated by angels and proclaimed by shepherds and worshipped and gifted by wise men that we call magi. How can you say this is all past tense, passive, accomplished? Notice then the very last verse. For the Lord will lay bare His holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth. We'll see the salvation of our God at any given moment in human history. There isn't any doubt or uncertainty for our God sitting on the throne of heaven, reigning over the nations, reigning over all things here and there, seen and unseen, spirit and flesh, wicked and evil and holy and righteous. He never has any misunderstanding of who he is and what he can do and what his plans are and what he's promised us. (laughs) Not a single doubt. So in his mind, every promise made is already a promise kept. And you and I can dig through all of the Scriptures, make it our life's interest and investment, to find that one place where God has spoken one word that he has not then fulfilled in full. And in losing that search, you and I find the comfort that the prophet gives us here. The ability, no matter what might be going on in our world, in our community, in our workplace, in our lives, in our brains, no matter what it might be. Not just Christmas morning, but especially on Christmas morning. The ability to burst into joy among the ruins, that will always be there. That will always be our experience every moment we live on this side of all of God's promises, on this side of the eternal moment when he comes, when everyone will see him with their own eyes, returns to Zion to prove himself to be the God who reigns. We don't have to wait for that day to worship, to burst into songs of joy. We don't have to wait until we gather with other believers although bursting out into songs of joy in the middle of the grocery store aisle in this day and age might get you arrested, the reality is, any place, any time, any day, those who have heard the prophet Isaiah understand what he proclaims and have been won through word and sacrament the working of the Holy Spirit to trust, to be certain in these things. Any moment, every moment, Even among the ruins, is a moment to rejoice, to burst into joy, and to proclaim. We have a God who reigns. Amen. Please stand. Now grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen.